out of here. Beans and Rice is one of New York City Couples Coronavirus Podcast. This is a daily, limited series podcast. Today is Thursday, March 26th, and day 14 of our self-quarantine. Today, we talk to our guest about Jimmy Fallon, lightning drills, and Arizona green tea. Beans will give you your protein. My good buddy rice is an energy device. Put us together as a team. We've got a flavor that's supreme. Beans and rice, beans and rice. Once or twice or even thrice. Beans and rice is nice. And welcome back, folks. This is episode 14 of Beans and Rice. You've got Aleha, a.k.a. Beans, here. You've got Janina, a.k.a. Rice. And we have a guest uh, on the phone. We'd like to introduce yourselves, our honored guest. Hi, I'm, in fact, a uh, first-time caller from episode two, Pierogi Quesadilla, also known as Julia. Pierogi Quesadilla. Is that the green... Pantry staple or legume you'd like to identify as, or would you like it, to take on something different? Um, I think it is. It's important for me to have sort of a fusion, which represents my true uh, inheritance, I think, my upbringing. Awesome. So we're just going to call you PQ. Yeah, that's Thanks. good. Also, for all listeners, note you could make it here too, right? This is someone who wrote in and just, you know, chased us down doggedly. You could make it to her shoes eventually like camped out outside for two nights <laughs> <laughs> yeah she banged on our door and we we're like oh my god social distancing and then she just coughed into our faces and i guess yeah and here some, she is now we all have a it takes a cease and desist letter to show you what you really care about because she overcame she saw through that <laughs> i can do anything i set my mind to just a girl in love <laughs> thank you <laughs> So, uh, PQ slash Julia, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you up to? What do you do? What makes you happy? Stage is yours. Wow. That's a lot of big questions. Uh, you know, I, what am I? I used to be an outdoor instructor. <laughs> I've been unemployed recently, so jokes on you, Corona. I was already without a job. <laughs> um, I've been... In my apartment a lot, I go on runs, I do watercolors. I actually showed beans and rice, a choice watercolor that I did today. Oh, could you describe um, it? Okay, picture, if you will, a wave. Now picture two waves. Now picture many colors within both waves. That is the picture. Color, 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 color. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you're watercoloring. What else are you up to as you soldier on through quarantine oh um so i'm really lucky in that my apartment has not one but two roofs that i have access to so i took my soccer ball and i started juggling and now i have uh pipe dreams of becoming Lionel messi because i'll just like practice my footwork every single day until i'm the greatest soccer player in the world that's that awesome is such a good goal i love that <laughs> We could do that with Thanks. our roof. Well, can you tell Priyagi Quesadilla about the one time we went up to our rooftop? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think she already knows, but it's worth it. I want to hear again. <laughs> we've been up to the roof exactly once. And I remember when we went, we were excited. The door was sort of like kind of open. So we figured if there was an alarm system, we probably wouldn't trigger it by pushing the door open further. We walk out. Oh, it's it's sunny. It's like the top of the roof, and boom, dead pigeon right there on the floor. <laughs> it's not the whole dead pigeon. It was either. like a part of a dead pigeon. It was like a half 
It a was dead a dismembered dead pigeon yeah. weighing in her theory. Oh, no. Central Park. There are hawks that just catch pigeons and, like, leave a wing on every rooftop. Speaking of, um, Bryce and I one time attended Raptor Fest 2K19. <laughs> Which, which was like a, a little exhibit they had in the park to highlight some of the predatory birds that are around the U.S., including owls, hawks, and a peregrine falcon. This peregrine falcon was the star of the show. It had like a 10-minute buildup with the guests or the host just like talking about how fast they can fly and just like the history of like falconry in general. And he noted that sometimes they can sort of like go, you know, off course or off base a little bit. He lets this peregrine falcon go. It takes off like north by northwest, like 15 miles an hour and just goes. And its trainer just like sprints after it because they can sometimes loop the falcon. No, they wait. So they wait. Like the hawk just like circles. It does like a 20-foot circle, then a 50-foot circle, then a 200-foot circle, and then it just Boom. Took off far away. We just watched this guy in full yes. khakis just <laughs> become a speck in the distance as he ran off after this bird. And then a couple kids that were like really smart enterprising took off after the guy who was running because they figured that's the closest they would get to the bird yeah. when he brought it down. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think it worked out for them. Yeah, I don't think so. Wow. Um, I, think this is I just want to note that the amount that I heard about Raptor Fest after like the weeks following you two going to it is just immeasurable. We just had so many Raptor facts, such as <laughs> such as the fact that a peregrine mm-hmm. falcon, when it dive bombs, as in it like flies vertically down to the earth, it can reach a terminal velocity that's like upwards of 200 miles per hour. Yeah. And also, the birds rifle their feathers so that they spin faster. Yeah, they corkscrew. Like, oh, instead of being just like a straight bullet down, like an actual rifle, they'll have like a spiral shape so that if the wind blows up against it, it just makes it go faster. <laughs> wow. The teacher is truly an amazing Raptor engineer. fact, yeah. 2K20. <laughs> oh now introducing a recurring segment on our show. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> Julie, I think this is a great segue to you. You just talked about being an outward, I'm sorry, an outdoor instructor. <laughs> you can choose to name or not. <laughs> just we'll call it all. outward schmout. Oh my God, did you just say the name? <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing that came to mind because i know a little bit about that line of work but you should explain to the listeners is that you're kind of used to this whole social distancing thing social isolation um yeah it's interesting i hadn't really thought about that too much except well the other day there was a rainstorm or the other week and I realized that it was the first time in maybe three or four years that I was inside during a thunderstorm. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. You're right. This is the life. (laughs) 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 Holy shit. I don't, I don't have to be in it. I don't like, even if I had a respite before, like, Oh, I got to go into a tent or under the trees. And it'd be like, well, time to go back out. But I could just stay for an extended and infinite period of time and not get wet and it was incredible that's not really social distancing but that's just something i wanted to share you don't need to get struck by lightning anymore you don't need to give your body up for the children you know well, no, we had enough too. you can you can move on 
you have lightning drills is that what you said yeah so lightning drill is a really fun thing where you if the storm is too close which you can count by counting the number of seconds between mm -hmm. thunder and lightning as we all know uh five seconds for every mile for all you kids out there who are stuck outside in a lightning storm as we all are at some point um you wait on a mat on the ground and you spread out by a distance of about 20 feet uh, or if you're supervising children you have little pods so there's like an instructor and two or three kids and that's your little pod and then you're 20 feet away from the other group uh, because if you get struck you don't want everyone to get dead so you make sure there's enough room between all of you and then you wait it out for for minutes and sometimes hours and by god you learn how to bide your time whoa so wait so okay 20 feet do you feel like that's arbitrary or is that from something it is from our policy handbook because long ago an instructor really did uh two instructors got struck and they were right next to each other because there was no lightning drill at the time Oh no. And they were just playing yeah. potato with a metal rod. Was how they were yeah, they were licking it. <laughs> no, it was one on the other's shoulders. <laughs> you see and how far away the light the rod as high as they could. They were like, come get me, God, come get me. And sure enough. <laughs> oh, but hang on. There's another leg to that story because uh, this story, we don't always tell when we're teaching lightning drill, but when we're teaching our kids CPR, which is also a mandatory policy we have to teach the kids how to mm -hmm. do rudimentary CPR, mm -hmm. because those instructors had just taught their kids CPR, got struck, and their kids revived them. Wow. <laughs> and I met that instructor. I thought that was an urban legend. And sure enough, I met the guy and he's like in his 40s or 50s now. And he's like, yep. That was me. The kid <laughs> saved his life? I'm pretty sure. Wow. Or at least, like, maybe he wasn't fully um, legally dead, but I know they performed CPR and he did wake up. So maybe he would have anyway, I don't know. But the magical aspect is that they did save his life. I'm fine with him just being classically dead, not legally dead. You know, like, um, I don't know, like man. dramatic third act of an opera. Ooh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. When they're like laid out on the table. Yeah. And maybe you're in New York City. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're, you're welcome. in New York City during the AIDS crisis. You're not yeah, legally yeah, yeah. dead. Right. You're just, well, never mind. Yeah. I was going to legally just... blind. It didn't make sense. <laughs> so clearly, PQ, you've got some great stories, which could translate into some cool creative writing projects. What, what are you working on right now creatively? Woohoo! Um, honestly, I do feel like a one-trick pony because a lot of it is about Florida because it's just what's in my mind a lot. Yeah. And so I've been writing about that and also trying to write a play about it. But I, I took a playwriting class one time, but I realized I really don't know that much. And I'm kind of like, Man, I don't like I run out of steam really fast. Whereas if I'm just writing prose or something, I'm like, yeah, it's a story. Woohoo. But I don't know. The plays kind of got me stuck. Do you think it's because you have not read as m many plays as you have read prose? Yeah, probably. Mm. So I, I just don't want it to be like, I think it's easier for a play to really be uh, 
crushingly cliche or like just dramatic in such a direct sense that it's like oh god like this is clearly a metaphor on stage and I hate it (laughs) symbolism (laughs) foreshadowing yeah Yeah, I don't love that but you know we'll we'll get through it that's cool what what kind of prose do you write like are we talking about like you know memoirs of Florida like what yeah yeah basically just um the way I do it isn't very structured right now so yeah Mm -hmm. it's just kind of memoir-like and scattered of like, and then uh, another memory and it'll go into a different little like, uh, what do you call it, vignette kind of thing. Sure. Like, yeah, one time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think one rebuttal I would make of like, you, you're feeling that maybe you shouldn't write about this one thing all the time is that a lot of, I don't know, I feel like a lot of young women around our age make careers for themselves just writing about dudes they've banged. <laughs> <laughs> or like stand-up sets about dudes they bang. Ooh, that is a pet peeve of mine, which I hate because I don't want to criticize other people's work, especially if they're women trying to make it as artists. But I know. But without naming names, can you like sort of point to why that irks you? Because I think I feel similarly about it. Yeah, I think I I don't even have names of celebrities that I can think of that do that, but mainly just if and when I go to open mics. I'm usually, A, glad to see other female comedians there if I do. I'm like, hell yeah, I don't have to feel like I'm holding up the whole mantle, even though I wouldn't be, but like that's the imaginary <laughs> pressure I put on myself. Um, but then if they go up and just talk about, yeah, just like hookups or like, especially if there's this, I feel like there's this uh, theme of uh, it you can do where you're self-deprecating and you're like, I'm a slut or like, I'm a whore, haha, and it's like, Uh, like it it can be funny yeah but it's also like why is that always the through line between the women comedians I say when you have uh, I don't know there's so much more Mm -hmm. I think this low-hanging fruit that's been done a lot and also just focuses on this idea already of like oh all women have to talk about and it's like well we don't have to play into that do we you can but I'm not gonna tell you what to do and why (laughs) For sure. And then flipping the question a bit, who are, who are comedians you recommend our listeners check out right now? Oh God. I feel like I wish I had more and better. Listen, I've been reading a lot of manga and not watching a lot of comedians lately. <laughs> so I, I would recommend. Busy. <laughs> In a general sense. <laughs> I would recommend Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, such a good recommendation. What a great comedian. Stop. It's so good. I'm sorry, comedians. Um, No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. More manga. More more manga. (laughs) Okay. I will, uh, cards on the table. I've only been reading Full Metal Alchemist. (laughs) 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 Help me. um, Which isn't a recent, I read it as a kid and then stopped. Anyway, uh, now's the time I can finally finish. Anyway, uh, I do want to think of, I have been really interested, I'm usually not interested in the late night show hosts and that whole thing, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, sometimes, but for the most part, I do think it's kind of mundane and can become a boring sort of platform a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I am pretty interested in how they are all handling the at-home uh, avenue mm. that they have available oh, to them now yeah. and how it converges and diverges I'm, i like almost want to write a thesis about it because it does bring out different things in each of them 
and some of it's not so good and some of it's really good and some of it's accidentally good and I find it so interesting and weirdly Jimmy Fallon no <laughs> don't say it <laughs> sorry no 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 I wasn't gonna <laughs> I wasn't thinking of anything that I uh... no I mean do you like what he's doing I haven't oh oh um weirdly yes because and stay with me so on a regular basis i don't really care about jimmy fallon and or have negative feelings about how much he laughs and breaks or like overlaps mm-hmm. at things whatever so i was on my little uh youtube hunt and clicked on his thing because he's at home or whatever and a lot of the comments were like, man, he seems like he's annoyed with his daughter. And I was like, oh no, is he going to be awkward and cringy? But it's incre- he is visibly annoyed because his <laughs> daughters are sabotaging him so, like, like, so genuinely as little kids will because they'll run into the frame and like giggle and try to just mess up everything he's doing. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm really trying to do this this time, so could you please, like, and he tries to, like, spin it a little bit, like, oh, um, Granny, why don't you draw me a picture? And she's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> um, do you want to, like, do you want to read this one thing? And she's like, no. <laughs> and he's like, all right, great, great. Um, and very clearly, like, trying to make it work and can't make it work. And I loved that. And so well, that the thesis. But that. because it's not going according to his plan, right? Like that's, it's, if I'm hearing that right, that's why you like it. Yeah, I like that. I would think that if they were going to have family interaction, it would be a lot more like weirdly polished and kind of Mm -hmm. just like kid, but instead she's having a good time and he's kind of like trying to play it off, but really clearly like, I'm just trying to read the monologue. (laughs) Yeah, that's also, there's a very clear memeing of that where you just take the picture, like point an arrow to the kid and put Jimmy Fallon on SNL point arrow to Jimmy Fallon being like every other cast member on SNL. Did you just make that up off the top of your head? Yes. That's amazing. Thank you. You're an improv genius. Beans and rice. (laughs) Sorry, beans. Beans. Thank you. You try to remain anonymous. So on that topic, I have always had a soft spot for Stephen Colbert. And Mm. his, his stuff has also just made me continue to love him. And it's like a lifelong devotion to him as a person and not necessarily as like his Colbert Report character. Mm -hmm. He just seems like such a beacon of like goodness and wholesomeness and authenticity. And I don't know if you saw this Beans, but he did like his first monologue back on air Mm -hmm. from his home in a suit in his bathtub. Oh my God, that's amazing. And like he paused for all the laugh breaks, even though there weren't people to laugh at it and just made me love it more. That's a professional (laughs) who knows the quality of the product. He's Sorry, Piero Quesadilla, what were you about to say? I love the the oddness in the fact that they've or Stephen Colbert has decided to theme each video as a different element for no reason. <laughs> There's no <laughs> logic behind it. It'll be like Stephen Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colburn. Like there's no <laughs> why but i love it can i tell you about a really dumb thing i saw on tiktok i'm so sorry we can cut this out please it will cleanly cut out basically (laughs) it was the the avatar the last airbender like opening monologue right like long ago Mm -hmm. and it was (laughs) it said turth 
to fire, to water, and then chair, and then a chair <laughs> fell from the ceiling. I am angry and happy. Everything changed work. when the Chafire Nation attacked. <laughs> Oh my god. Damn. Oh my god. So speaking of you know water and the water nation, excuse me, the water nation. So how how are you hydrating these days? Thank you. How are you what's your source of water? Okay, listen. So listen. (laughs) I knew that there was hysteria about staples in general and I never fell into that like I did my regular amount of shopping with like a little extra so that I would have enough I never bought water because I think it's silly to buy water when we have it in our pipes um so I did buy my favorite drink of all time and my sponsor this evening Arizona <laughs> green tea <laughs> ginseng and honey you know the kind with the light green Label and the little flower blossoms, that's mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, I would say 50% because of the packaging. Sure. And once I finished that, um, which I drank in, in a couple days myself. What size? Was the- oh, the- yeah, it's not in a single can. Sorry. Just out there wondering. <laughs> it's one of the big cartons, like the, uh, I don't know, it's like a gallon maybe? Yeah, it's yeah, one gallon. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but once I finished, I rinsed it out and washed it out, and then I filled it with water, and now I drink water out of it. What's sue me, beans and rice? And we will because we are not sponsored by Arizona. Like Undo P, not getting money from them. They are paying me to be here. Yeah. Oh man, so so one more topic we want to talk about. Um, so recently, the three of us were together, IRL, you know, in the not same super room. Recently. Not super recently. It was a while back. Um, and we started on a series on Netflix called Hentified. Um, PQ, do you want to give us a brief rundown, rather our listeners a brief rundown of what Hentified is about? Yes. So picture, if you will, Los Angeles, Boyle Heights. Is that a, that's a real place. That's a real place. Okay. <laughs> that's that's like the center of the issues the show is talking about. <laughs> They could have made it up. Uh, Cool. A real place called Boyle Heights. Okay. It's about a Mexican-American family who kind of center around the grandfather. The grandmother has died before the show starts. Um, He runs a taco shop where his grandson works. It's sort of about grandpa and two generations down because you don't really see any of the uh, dads or moms. You mostly see grandpa and the grandchildren who are all grown. Um, and they're basically trying to make it. Uh, there's a granddaughter who is gay, woohoo, and also trying to be an artist. There is another grandson who's kind of the uh, prodigal son returned, like he went off and got a fancy business degree and wants to be a professional chef. And they all kind of like uh, hate on him a lot for the fancy hoity-toity stuff that he's done and the gentrification that they think he kind of represents hence hentified and so it kind of revolves around this taco shop and how they want to keep the family business alive that was a great a great synopsis yeah definitely 
Um, would check it out if I was you. Also, linguistically, gente refers to the term people in Spanish, hence the combination. Um, but it's, uh, it's cool. I saw a lot of, I think, parts of my dad's story in, in the uh, show, and I'm excited to watch these seasons, one season by a Netflix party with him, hopefully, remotely soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw a lot of myself in that same uh, character who they call a gringo a lot because I def- he even uh, has to take, or not has to, he opts to take a, a test of Mexicanness at one point to prove how Mexican he is. I thought that uh, was such a brilliant Which move. I would definitely fail. Oh, yeah. I loved it so much! It was, it was um, great writing, yeah. I would absolutely fail that in a heartbeat. And so I felt him because he also doesn't do very well. I won't tell you if he passes or not, but uh, he's definitely the outsider of their culture. And I was like, hell yeah, it's me. Yeah, man, there's a lot more to unpack here. I'm sorry to have to cut it short, but we are reaching the end. I think we We'll probably have to talk about Hentified some more. We will. I think it, it merits more investigation. Particular relationship to that show because I think that'd be a great conversation. Yeah, that'll be its own episode. So yeah. you know, stay tuned, folks. Yeah. Um, and so with that, we're gonna move to a word from our anti-sponsor. <laughs> so the anti-sponsor being something that we hate, something that <laughs> should not ever sponsor us or be mentioned in the same sentence as us. And with that, let's take it to beans, then me, then Fiori Quesadilla. Oh, man. I think my anti-sponsor today is going to be the fold and tuck that old men use to adjust their pants. That's my anti-sponsor. <laughs> fold and tuck of the shirt? Yes, in the pants, in a public space. It's weird. It's real. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> um, hmm. My anti-sponsor is people who smoke weed outside our apartment and then it floats up into our second floor window and irritates our rabbit who may or may not have allergies. (laughs) Wow, I would love to hear you complain to them with that exact reasoning. It's like also, speaking of how yesterday I was referred to as a narc, I can't do anything about it. Even though I want to, because yeah, I'm a narc. I know, you can't say You want to well, call the cops, don't go you? Go talk to them about traffic safety, though. Let them know. No, I would just talk to my building manager. <laughs> no. Anyway. Wow, ask me for the manager. Is that better? I know, it's no. not. It's not. All right, PQ, one more anti-sponsor, please. Oh, easily Knowles. If you don't know, <laughs> that's the National Outdoor Leadership School, school. Society. That's right. I said it. I was gonna say society. Uh, yeah, honestly, I hate that place a lot. Uh, I probably shouldn't. They're probably just like my company, which we'll call Schmoutward Schmound, and they're basically the Eagleton to our Pawnee. Uh, they are mainly for people who can afford those incredibly expensive trips, whereas Schmoutward Schmound uh, prides itself on a lot of scholarship trips. The program that I did was state-run. It was completely free for the participants. And uh, Knowles, all the anecdotes I've ever heard, bad. Everything I've heard about it, bad. Everything I know about it, bad. Fuck Knowles. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Awesome. So let's thank um, Piero Green Quesadilla, a.k.a. Julia, former Knowles instructor, for joining us. <laughs> How <today>. dare you? <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for showing and up. And for thank sharing you. your heartwarming experiences as a Knowles leader. Yeah, I a program care. you deeply care for. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna smoke weed outside your house. <laughs> 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 right. well, uh, you thank you so much. Bye. 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 Bye.